He's got to be pleased with that. The crowd is just on his feet here. He's a Cinderella boy. Uh, tears in his eyes, I guess, as he, as he lines up this last shot. He's got about 195 yards left. This crowd is going deadly silent. Cinderella story out of nowhere. Before a bridge keeper now, about to become the Masters champion. <clears throat> it looks like I'm a wreck. It's in the hole! It's in the hole! Hello and welcome to week 82 of a Good Talk Spoiled Golf Podcast. I'm Barry O'Hanrahan and joining this evening is Will Griffith. Hi Will. Hello Barry. Are you good? Yeah, great. Thank you very much. Delighted to be back. Eager and ready to go for this uh, double edition. Yeah, yeah. Bumper, bumper edition, yes. Bumper edition. Sorry you missed last week, folks. Just could not get the schedules together. And, um, it's all James's fault. James is off gallivanting down in South America on this uh, honeymoon thing. Um, so... He's on the final week stretch off to Iguazu Falls now tomorrow and then on to Rio for a few days uh, overlooking the Copacabana Beach. He's got a message there over, over the last week about how he nearly died. Uh, how? Earthquake. Oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I thought I was in shock to my score on the weekend. <laughs> <laughs> Listen, we'll get to that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't yeah, know Let's get, get concentrated on the real, the real <laughs> He was off sampling some Argentinian grape juice in Mendoza, otherwise known as Delicious Malbecs, and, uh, they were about, I don't know, maybe, I think it's maybe 200 or so kilometers, and my geography down there is not that great, but he said, they were woken up by the hotel shaking and swaying and uh, grabbed the passports, ran to the stairwell and ran outside the hotel until like, the place was just shaking for nearly two minutes. So it was pretty uh, pretty surreal and scary. Yeah, big time. So um, they, were all, they were all good after a while and they were allowed back into the hotel. There was no no structural damage. Like All the buildings there are built to they can sway shake, and yeah, move. Sway, and yeah, yeah. I've never experienced anything like that. No, no, not at all. Um, I've never been in an earthquake zone. And I've never been, obviously, in a situation where there has been an earthquake. Yeah, I can't imagine it's, uh, I'd say it's quite a helpless feeling, like, you're just, you're so powerless. So powerless. uh, In that situation. Anyway, so, um, James will be back, um, he's back playing golf Saturday week, so I have to book him in, yeah, I have to book him in for Saturday week. So that's good, and uh, he's eager to come back on the show and tell us uh, about his lack of golf down in South America. Yeah, big time. Uh, so, um, our own games. I haven't played in, th- I hadn't played in three weeks since the captain's prize between going away to a wedding and, um, then suffering with sickness as a result of the wedding. I'm still not fully over. Oh, get ready folks. Yeah. The most annoying well, well, two well. minutes of your <laughs> two life. Minutes. I think about 20 minutes should cover. No, my no, I think you've weekend. got two minutes to, bl- you've got two minutes to blow it off here. Come on. So Barry shot his best round of his life on Saturday in the medal. Um, I didn't even go out for a practice on Friday. I said, oh, too tired. Feck it. I'll just see what happens when I go out. And, uh, yeah, went very well. By the way, that's not what we, we try and say to people. Because practice does make perfect generally. Yeah. So stick to your own practice range. <laughs> no, 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 just because no. Barry did this and got lucky. <laughs> yeah, exactly. You know, it doesn't make that much difference. But the, to be fair, he's now back to playing off 10, which is great. Yeah. The funny thing was, like, I went in with... Um, I remember we were talking about mental approaches a lot uh, in recent weeks. Um, I went in with like zero expectations, like this could go anyway. But I got down to the course early, like I usually do, did my warm-ups. Um, just went over the green on the first. I was like, that's grand. You know, I hit a pretty straight shot. I was like, that's good. You know, it could have been, could have been an awful lot worse. Made my par and off I went. 
and hit a couple of early pulls on my irons, but then, you know, just said, right, make sure your setup's good, like the, like I did in my lesson a few weeks ago, and uh, started hitting them pretty well. Driver is still not the best, but for the most part, the game was pretty good, like the short game, but yeah, it has to be to shoot 77, you know, most things have to be going pretty well. Um, had a couple of putts down the stretch on 17 and 18, my par put on 17 from about 10 foot went over the edge of the hole, and on 18, the pin was in a tough spot in the back left corner, and I only just made the front of the green, uh, I was protecting against going over the back into the water, but my first putt came up about 12 foot short, and then my par putt, uh, put the brakes on a half an inch from the hole dead centre, so that would have tied me for the winning score, which is 65 in the day, but honestly, I said to James, I didn't really care about the prizes or where I finished, my prize for the day was the performance and the score and and down the stretch when I was nervous because I knew I was on a good score, being able to just go, right, trust the setup, trust the swing and just, just hit it. And uh, that was the thing I was most kind of happy about. You could give me any you know, big, huge prize voucher. You could offer me that, but I'd rather take the performance. It was just, it was really, it's just really satisfying. Listen, any time you go out and break 80 as an amateur, you're doing pretty good. Yeah, I was, uh, yeah, over the moon. So, um, yeah, you, you had a good round as well. You shot, uh, you were one under. Yeah. One under net. Well, I wasn't. Well, sorry, you were, one, yeah, you were one under the course net, but I'm not, under the course, but not the competition net for the day. 70. So, ah, listen, you know, I'm still get, I'm still really frustrated with my game at the moment because I'm making stupid decisions. You know, that I had a 78 gross, which uh, included a, a knockdown drive on five, which made it 40 yards, and a knockdown drive on nine that didn't even make it to the ladies' tee box. So uh, I was just lucky that my partners didn't ask me to pull down my pants. <laughs> which, by the way, just in case for those people who don't understand... There is a term uh, for when you knock your tee ball down and it doesn't go as far as the lady's tee box. It's called a fanny. And you're supposed to take down your pants and show everyone your fanny. Um, so I'm glad that that didn't actually happen. Uh, I was, you know, like, it, the, they're the bad, you know, so I, I ended up with a bogey on five, a bogey on nine. Those are good bogeys. Yeah, good Considering, bogeys. Considering, yes. You know, the, you know, you were looking at, like, I turned, yeah, like, there was stupid mistakes. Yes. Yeah. That's what my game is all about at the moment. I started the first hole, I left myself uh, four foot from the flag, missed the putt. Second hole, good birdie. All of a sudden I went, my game is good, I'm on here, I'm on here, double bogey the third. Uh. You know, like, so it was two steps forward, seven steps back. Yeah, yeah. But that was my only double, and, um, you know, it was like, again, similar to you, I, on, I kind of gave up on the 17th after bogey in the... 14, 15, and 16, I went, well, that's my, that's my chances over. Yeah, you knew it was a good scoring day out there. Like the, yeah, the wind yeah. was down, and in our place, it doesn't matter what condition the course is in, if the wind is down, it's very accessible to yeah, it. Yeah. But the greens were also, they were receptive, and they were actually rolling quite nicely. A little bit slow, but certainly, you know, they were, they were very, the greens were nice that day. Yeah. So, but um, I lived out for birdie on 17, and then my ball just stopped on the hole on 18 for birdie as well. Oh. So. Oh, you went for it, did you, or did you? I, dro- I went for the drive, yeah. Okay. Um, so I, I, dr- I always just go for it and just wait and see what happens afterwards. <laughs> I love it. Well, I drive them, drive the ball so well, normally, yeah. at this stage, that it, but anyway. It puts you in a good position up there. Well, it's the only way you're going to get a birdie, realistically. Well, where that pin is, yeah, yeah absolutely. You have to drive. I had, I had contemplated. I thought of it. If I actually been a few yards further back on my uh, off my tee shot, I actually would have gone for the back corner. 
it's just I was kind of in between clubs if I took a pitching wedge like the distances I'd hit my wedge that day the green it was 122 to the back of the green and I'd hit my wedge 130 on three different occasions so I was like oh okay I, if I if I flush this I'm risking going into the water unnecessarily so I kind of just said look I gotta get it just get it on the green and then I've been putting well today so trust you'll make a two put now even though it was a, t- a difficult two put from where I left myself uh, but about a few yards further back I may have actually gone for that back corner because the greens were softer the ball wouldn't have pinged as hard off the surface anyway look can't have any regrets I'm, I'm over the moon delighted and uh, that's your best score ever best score ever 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 wow off the blues yeah, anyway I've, I've beaten it off the whites but I just don't count that because the course is just so short off the whites so yeah ever 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 so uh, thank you hopefully hopefully do something similar going off to play Mount Juliet on Friday Really, Everyone seems to be going somewhere on Friday. Really looking forward to that now. It's just come about with some friends uh, from Tempin Bowling, and uh, yeah, I can't wait. Apparently, the weather's supposed to be good, pretty all right as well. So, Can I come along? I will find out if there's a spot. Nice. There might be a spot actually. You but, check that out. Yeah, I know there's definite. There's seven definites on one maybe, but if there's a spare spot, then hey, listen, I'm free. I'm ready to go <laughs> as long as it's in the morning time. I think we're teeing off before noon. Isn't it? That works. Like yeah, yeah. Okay. Well, but we'll I would teach yeah. you guys a thing or two. But <laughs> <laughs> well, I wouldn't be too good for you guys, would I? <laughs> <laughs> Just one shot worse than me at the moment. Anyway, what? I beat you by one on Saturday. Oh, <laughs> you're only as, stop! You're only gave up halfway around the golf You're only course. as good as your last game, Will. Oh, stop. <laughs> I actually played on Sunday as well. Yeah. <laughs> Alright, come here, actually speaking of... Oh, yes, you what was your last name? Yeah. You're such a sneaky little wanker. Oh, there's a cliche, there's a cliche to suit every situation. No, you are right, though. Yeah, yeah. was your last game. <laughs> uh, I'm still about 15 shots off playing as a pro, so... Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah Moving yeah. swiftly on. Um, the Waxer was in touch with us, actually, last week. Sorry, I didn't get back to you. Uh, asking how many courses we think we've played. He reckons he's up to 74. Um... I don't know. I guess I'm probably in the 40s or 50s. I, I honestly have. I have to just actually start writing them down. It's, it's a really good idea to kind of keep track of where where you have played. Um, you have a little pondering there while while we go along, and you'll come up with the answer through the show or something close to it. Well, I don't. I wouldn't be able to even give an answer. Yeah, it's a lot. But I, I don't think I've, I wouldn't say I've played 74. Yeah, I, 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 I don't think I'm close to that. But I think I went through. You know the way they had this uh, top. You know the way they have the top 100. Uh, yeah. Links and Parkland in Ireland, or, yeah. Ireland, right? I think I actually, and this is to be fair. I think I went through the Parkland courses, mm. and I think I have played somewhere around the forty mark. Oh, that's pretty good. Parklands, yeah, yeah. Um, so I've I, played a lot of courses down the west. So add in links courses and then courses played abroad. You're probably knocking on yeah, seventy by this stage. On, yeah, I've played a good few courses in Portugal and Spain. Yeah, um, in Germany, um, and then you're talking about like I play a lot of golf down the west. Um, with my dad for for a long time, um, and then we did a bit of travelling around. But like, I haven't played any. Mm. I haven't played any of the really, really good ones. You know the way there's always like there's there's let's say a list of maybe twenty top class yeah, golf courses. Your, your ultra bucket list. Like. Yeah, like I, you know, there's like there's ones up in Donegal and like you know that you only dream of playing. Like is it Mer uh, Merview or something like that? There's uh, Ballyliffin. Mm, I've played Ballyliffin. Yeah, there's Ballyliffin. There's another one that McElroy loves and plays a lot up in Donegal. Mm-hmm. It's like, I think it's called Mervyn or Merview or something like that. Okay. I apologise now for my, you know, I'm not 100% sure. For your Jamesing of the word. Yeah, for yeah. my Jamesing of it, yeah. And then you've got all the ones down, like the old the old head, 
You know, I played that. That's I, good. So I haven't played any of the old heads. A no. brilliant experience. My God, what a pl- what a location to play. I've never played Mount Juliet. Have you not? I, I, I tried. We'll see what we can work out. I caddied for my dad when he was playing with Bernard Langer. Oh, that's torture. Years yeah, ago. But I wasn't yeah. even a golfer at the time. I know, yeah. I was only okay, so 15 you, or 16. You were, yeah, you didn't... You, he brought me along. Yeah. For the, and I had an electric, electric buggy, so I didn't even carry the bag. He never even asked me for a club. <laughs> <laughs> I spent my time talking to uh, your man, Coleman, um, uh, Langer's caddy. Oh, right. David, no, not David Coleman. Is it David Coleman? Uh, you're probably not far Peter Coleman. Some, yeah, let's go with... Yeah, let's just Mr. go with Coleman. Mr. Coleman. Yeah. Uh, I spent my time talking to him, you know, and that was pretty much it. Oh, cool. So that's my only memory of Medjugorje. So that's why on Friday, if it was available, I'd love to go down and just see what it's like. Yeah, yeah. Pretty yeah, charged, obviously. Pretty big, yeah, okay. But that's what I'm saying. I've played a lot of golf courses, but yeah. I haven't played any of the bucket list ones. Grand. Okay, well, we should start ticking those off. Um, the other thing we promised to do is actually get our swings on camera so when James comes back we'll get the three of us together and we'll hit the range of the course and we'll do it all in one go and what's his name uh, the Waxter the Waxter I just want to let you know according to my uh, my sponsorship contract with Nike mm-hmm. I'm actually not allowed uh, to record my swing and send it out to people like that um, he'd actually have to come along um, and pay money to see it Okay, Waxter, if you send Will, like, say, maybe three to four smiley faces over Twitter, I'm sure that will amount to enough payment. <laughs> send me a swoosh. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know, I'd love to do that, because and I'd love to be actually get, you know, um, opinions off people as to how good my swing is. I don't think my ego could take it. <laughs> oh, no, mine could, because I know yeah. it's not perfect. I know it's good. Uh, <laughs> but I know it's not perfect. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Like, you can't get down to, like, eight or seven handicap. Without having a fairly decent swing. No, that's true. But you look at some of the swings on tour, you wouldn't teach them at all, but they still work, you know? That was a funny story. I think I may have said this before, but remember, there was a college course one time in biomechanics Mm. in America. Um, Sorry, I'm using a jelly bean as we speak. But uh, the lecturer turned around to the class. This is in, like, biomechanics 101. Mm -hmm. You know, first day, first class. And he put up a picture or a video of Jim Furyk's golf swing. Yeah, nice. Now you're talking about a class who didn't know much about golf. They knew five percent know golf. Exactly. So out of the hundred people in the room, he turned around and he said, "How many of you would like this golf swing?" Mm. I think three people in the class put up their hands, and probably the three people who knew their golf. golf, Yeah, I knew Jim Shirk has made millions from it. There you go. And he turned around and he said afterwards, "Well, shame on the rest of you." He said. Because that golf swing is worth a hundred million dollars. Yeah, actually, probably yeah, close enough. <laughs> well, give or take. You know, yeah, yeah, yeah. He said it's not that the swing might look pretty, but the biomechanics of that swing are perfect for that person. Yeah, and his body. Yeah, it works. Everything about it works. You mm. So it just goes to show that it doesn't have to be pretty to be. Not sure. at That's all. That's why you're not pretty at all. I know, and no, and yeah, nobody's. Too, but it works. Yeah, yeah. somehow <laughs> they haven't put me on an island on my own yet. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah, uh, the Waxer love to do that yeah we will get that done and yeah, we'll so. watch out for some gaudy colours of clothing and we'll wearing Nike swooshes all over the place no, 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 no. <laughs> what you could ask us though is like is there anything in particular you want to see like is it driver swing or, or is it because like I know the swings are generally the same uh, like, we'll, do, we'll do one with the driver and we'll do one with like a six iron the mid iron Okay. Um, and we'll go, um, we'll see, how, we'll see how we go with that. Okay, perfect. Yeah, they don't be putting too many videos up there. Like people, people actually do need to keep their eyesight, so. Yeah, yeah, yeah. okay. <laughs> 
So look, there's probably so there's so many things we could have talk, we could talk about news wise. Um, news wise, I actually had a quick check and realistically, the big news that's going on at the moment in the golfing world is all to do with the FedEx Cup. It's all the tournaments, isn't it's it? All yeah. Cup. You know, it's all that kind of stuff. You know, mm-hmm. uh, the Ryder Cup now is starting. The Ryder Cup points are starting again now. So this is the big thing. So like, they're the news points, and we're going to be pretty much covering them in the in the agenda as we go. So uh, we may as well just rock straight on. And into uh, yeah, into events. some yeah catch up, big catch up. So let's go back to the week before and start with the LPGA, the Evian Championship, their fifth major of the year, uh, was won by Lydia Ko, and what a wonderful round of golf she what put on in the final day. A like, display she oh, put on. I mean, Lexi Thompson looked like she pretty much had this thing. Like she just needs to keep playing golf, and she'll have this, and it'll be fine. It'll be hers for the taking. By the way, Lexi Thompson is gorgeous. Yeah, yeah, she is, and she's badass as well. She yeah. hits that ball miles. I didn't realize she was as tall as she was. She's five foot ten. That's tall. Yeah, yeah. Well, she, yeah, she's what one of the top few hitters on tour, longest hitters on tour. Like, yeah. yeah, she can, she can really get it out there, and she's really hot. Yeah, okay. <laughs> uh, we might let you have access to the Twitter account to ask her out on a date. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> we'll just interview her. Yeah, okay. Um, yeah, it was pretty odd. It was eight birdies she had, no bogeys or something. It was, it was just, just it was just ridiculous, and it, it was just one of those days where you're watching it, and as you said, if you were a betting man, which I'm not, right, and you're doing bet fairs. Mm. Bet fair, that thing where you can bet as things go on? Yes. Well, okay. a lot of places you can do in-running, but yeah. Oh, okay, it's, sorry, in-running, yeah. okay. No, okay. Yeah. Cool. yeah, there's a few bookies offered, and bet fair is most notorious for Yes, it. okay, yeah. that's why I just probably heard that, you know. But if you want to be one of those people with bet fair, you know, at one stage, there was only, like, after nine holes, Lexi Thompson was five shots ahead, I think. It was, yeah, there was plenty of moving in the market, I'd say, that day. Yeah, and, like, it was, you know, you'd be kind of going to yourself going, it's over. Like, Lexi Thompson was so far ahead. Mm-hmm. And then all of a sudden, Lexi had a little bit of a stumble and finished on, like, I think she was 15 under and got, went finished on 10 under. A little bit, yeah, a little bit hiccupy. A little bit hiccupy, yeah. Like, you know. A little bit pressure comes on one way and then... And then just struck. But she just rattled off the birdies, like. It's so small. Yeah, it doesn't really matter. No, I know. So are you when you're still all right at this game. But that's what I mean. It's just funny, like, you know, you see someone big, strong, smashing the ball, whatever, and then obviously you see something, someone really small, dainty and pretty, as she is. She's very pretty as well. And uh, she went and, like, won the whole thing. Like, it was brilliant. Yeah. Really, really, really good. Youngest major, youngest major winner in the LPGA Tour. Probably youngest major winner altogether. Um, on all tours, eighteen or nineteen. Yeah. Well, Lexi Thompson's only twenty. Yeah, and she seems like she's been she's around been for years. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So uh, that's the fifth major year done. Um, so it's all majors finished for the year now on the two main two tours. tours yeah. So the long, the long wait through the dark winter up here in the northern hemisphere, waiting for Augusta, Georgia next year, then the Masters. Yeah. Actually, um, speaking of that, there was an, uh, like, uh, one of the guys that I know. He did a, an interesting article there a little while ago. It's actually Rob. He, he mm-hmm. did it on Straight Down the Middle, which is on Facebook if anyone wants to go and have a look at it. But um, he it was an article about the fact that why isn't there a major in somewhere else apart from the States? Yeah, like USPGA has great scope to get it out yeah, around yeah. the world. Yeah, yeah. yeah. That's what they, it, was, it, was, it was brought up a while ago, but then it never really went anywhere. Yeah. Well, that's the only one that's ever going to move. Well, of course. For, for the, of the men's ones, well, anyway. Well, of course, yeah. yeah. But the fact of it is, like, why do America have three and Britain have one? Mm-hmm. Yeah. 
it's and they're fixed there. You know, yeah, it's, it's not even like golf's such a global game now. It's it, yes, it, I can understand. Back in the day, it was England and America or Britain and America. You know, that was it, mm-hmm. um, and no one else could really have the didn't have the money, I suppose, to fund the other uh, the uh, some major, so to speak. But now you're looking at the fact that, as you said, we're looking at the hard cold winter before we, we wait in April the Masters, right? Why not have a major that could be on in Australia? Yeah, or, or somewhere out in Asia. Somewhere out in Asia over the winter when it's there, you know, when it's sunny time. I'm sure it's something we'll see in the next... I hope, I hope it's something we'll see in the next kind of 10 years. But even the fifth major, and I'm doing my inverted comma fingers, yeah. by the way, you know, is, uh, is held in America as well. Oh, the, the Players' Championship. Players' Championship. Yeah. Well, that's another one that they could actually... Maybe they'd experiment with moving... But see, the players is run by the PGA of America. America yeah. So that, I don't think they're going to move that outside of America. The, I think the only one is the PGA Championship, which celebrates professional golfers, not American professional golfers. So maybe the PGA, PGA Championships is the only one that can realistically move abroad, celebrating professional golfers around the world. Unless they downgrade the majors and strike a balance between all the national opens of all the countries. I, you're never going to lose a major. There's not, I don't think that you'll ever have more than four majors in the men's game. It's just too much of a tradition. Well, I know that the open is the big one for a lot of people. You know, it's the claret jug. Um, I just think that this, you know, I, I really think there should be more. Like you look at the top three in the world at the moment. You've got an Australian, an American, and a Northern Irish guy. Mm. Where's the balance? There's no balance. It's global. It's great. Yeah. Anyway, so that was a little rant there. Yeah, yeah exactly. Uh, no, it's, it's, a good, it's a really good. It's a really good point. A really good idea. I think if if you ask the majority of golf fans, they, it would be something they'd like to see. Maybe not every year, but it's every second year it moves to a different country and then yeah. reverts back to America. But it's, but it's it's just the accessibility as well, you know. Um, like, if you've got someone from Australia, let's say a friend or something of Jason Day's who's now the number one in the world, mm-hmm. it's a lifetime trip to go and watch him playing in, in America in the Masters or, you know, it's a lifetime trip. He'd have to, you know, potentially they'd have to save up the money. It could be once in a lifetime trip to get to America. Yeah. So, if, you know, it's like one of those things for Irish people, if we wanted to go, the only thing we can really go to that's affordable, realistically, is over to the Open. Sure, yeah. I mean, like, yeah, you're going to have to sp- save up a good chunk of money more to go over to one of the... But even so, the open is quite expensive between accommodation, flights and tickets. Yeah. Anyway. Going to, going to any big sporting event is, and um, with the Rugby World Cup going on just across the water for us, I, mean, I was out with some friends there watching the rugby on the weekend, uh, in particular the Japanese match, like which was just phenomenal watching. Like, we'll talk about a team that went for it and got their just rewards for actually being brave enough to go for it when yeah. they could have taken the three points for the draw. Um, but I'm delighted because in situations like that, oh, people would have remembered the match but remembered that the, the, the box won the match, let's say. E- even would have been e- like, oh, the plucky chair. Uh, yeah, you know, nobody's going to talk about a draw. You know, It's like the Irish draw against New Zealand. You don't really, you don't really remember that you know, in, the, in the rugby. Even if the Japanese had failed. What draw? Exactly. Or is that the one we could have got or something? One of the lads was we lost by a point. Yeah, sorry. If we'd got a draw, I think... It was two points we lost because yeah. Luke Fitzgerald ran down the kick. It would have been a draw, but then they got to replay. Yeah, 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 yeah. Sorry, yeah. So, like, like, I think one of the lads was making a parallel to it as a point to say, nobody's going to... If they kick the three points in a year or two, they're not really going to remember the draw as a famous draw. Like, it's just... It's just such a non-thing. No. 
they went even, first. Even if out. even if they hadn't have scored and they'd lost the game, it would still have been more memorable than any draw. Oh know, yeah, because they went for it. I think that was the cool thing. Well, it was yeah. just it was, it was amazing, and even the the fact that they didn't need the kick. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Which was the best part because like they it's just it was done. Like, he yeah. didn't care about the kick. No, it was like, it was like a pointless like, kick. Yeah. Yeah. If he had got it, it would have been amazing. Yeah, no, I'd say I'd say he couldn't see straight. No, he was <laughs> crying. They were yeah. all crying. Adrenaline like, probably just like rushing around. I did hear now uh, to speak of this, and I will. I, will, I know we're, it's a golf show, or whatever, but just as a matter of you know, I I love rugby as well, and I love the fact that you know to coin a phrase that um, soccer is a gentleman's sport played by knackers. Rugby is a knackers game played by gentlemen. Okay? Mm. And the supporters of rugby are quite different to the supporters of soccer. Very generalistic statement, I know, so I'm not trying to get myself into trouble here. I think you've already done it. No, no, there are certain scenarios. (laughs) There are certain scenarios where people have got it, but there was one particular tweet on um, something, social media today, I can't remember exactly where I saw it, but that uh, there were supporters uh, coming into Brighton today, Mm. or yesterday, or whatever, and... uh, there was a lot of South African supporters and a lot of Japanese supporters on this particular train. Mm. Um, and this, the South African supporters got off the train and clapped in a guard of honour the Japanese supporters off the train. Awesome. What sport do you get that in? No, you don't. Now, if that had been Ireland beating South Africa, you wouldn't have probably had that because we're both tier one nations. But yeah. it was the fact that, like... Japan, no one expected it to happen. Yeah, it was just a sheer effort and performance. So I can talk about it, you know. Oh, we could, yeah. Anyway, yeah. Let's, let's continue on with the golf because yeah. Look, I think it's a lot, such a great, I'm sure a lot great of our moments li- in our lifetime yeah. to be around for and that was one of them. Like, mm, I'm sure a lot of our listeners are wrapped up in the World Cup. Like, it's a gl- it is a, it's a global, global event. So yeah, yeah, it's, yeah. it's one of the biggest sporting events of the year. So, Well, especially anyone who watches, like, you know, we have we know these people from Australia. They're obviously keen to get their, uh, their World Cup underway. Mm-hmm. The question about Australia now is are they going to be playing for second place? In their group, because you've got England, Australia, and Wales, but yeah. now that South Africa have lost their match, South Africa are more than likely going to come second in their group, which means they'd have to play the winners. Mm. Some one of the last tactics. One of the last posed a good question said, "If New Zealand were set to finish second in their group, what do you do against France if we're both in a position where the loser of that match finishes second in our group and the winner would end up facing New Zealand in the quarterfinals? Do you go out and purposely lose the lose the match?" Yes. I think so. Big time. you got to dodge New Zealand. Of course you do. But I think ultimately you got to figure you're going to have to beat them at some stage. But I'd rather try to beat them in the final than, than lose them in the quarterfinals. One time yeah. final? On the, yeah, exactly. Plus, a, a final you've already made it there. I think our biggest hiccups when it comes to World Cups is that we haven't got past the quarterfinals. Yeah. So I think there'd be more pressure on us as a team in Ireland in the quarterfinals playing against the All Blacks mm. than there would be in the final. Yeah, because we've got to the final. You're not expected to win. You're, you're just, you're you've, already, you're already, like the, the, you're, you've already reached your expectation, yeah. which is to make a semi-final. Uh, you know, it's like if you were in a 125th spot in the FedEx Cup starting the four weeks. Just and free your switch. goal was to get to the next one. Yeah. And then all of a sudden you're playing in the Tour Championship and you're kind of going, hey, well, I don't even deserve to be here. Yeah, I don't care. I'm just going to play my heart out. And then you've got a big payday anyway. Exactly. Yeah. You know, it's like Billy Warshall, you know, last yeah. year. Freewheeling it. Uh, okay, Thomas Peters, he's also, he was in freewheeling it recently as well. Uh, won his second event in three starts at the KLM Open on the beautiful little Kenimer Golf and Country Club in Zandvoort in the Netherlands. And... Um, he set a good total. He played really, really well on the last day. And Lee Slattery had a chance, maybe a five, six footer on the 18th to tie. 
Peters in the clubhouse. Peters was on his way to the range to, you know, hit a couple more shots. Yeah. And uh, got the news that Slattery, he did pull the putt a little bit. See if Stroke was a little bit nervous. Yeah. I don't think he really cares. He's won the tournament the week before. He nearly went bang out a chance to go back to back. So yeah. talk about a hot streak of uh, form. Yeah, big time. So um, yeah, fair play to Thomas Peters. That's really realizing kind of your potential. And you want to see the effect actually that that had. It was very funny. Um, Nicholas Colsart's also Belgian, went out first round in the Italian Open there last week and shot nine under par. Yeah. Inspired by his fellow countryman. Yeah, it could have been a 59 from from what I can remember of watching Colsart. Were you watching it? Yeah, I was unfortunately, I was in work, but I was following it, just going, oh my god, where all these birds, oh yeah, his countryman won last week, he's inspired. He's been showing a few little sparks of form recently, Colsart, it's just the odd round or two creeping in. You know, it's, it's it's a shame that he's kind of really gone off the boil from his, you know, the heights of the Ryder Cup a few years back. Oh, yeah, when he was playing with um, Lee Westwood in that match. Yeah. He, like, pretty much beat the other two guys. By yeah, himself. he shot 62 or something himself. Yeah. yeah. So, uh, it'd be good to see him coming back into form. And maybe that those couple of Peters wins will inspire him on a little bit more. Was this the golf competition where Matt Fitzpatrick missed the putt for 59? I think was that, was that last week? Was it? Oh, sorry, so. was that the KLM? Hang on, I'll go investigate. I think I think it was the KLM. Yeah, and I think he had the, the put for fifty nine, which he left short. Idiot! Yeah, that's the rule. Of, you don't leave it short. Jason Day had a chip for fifty nine uh, the other day. There's lots of chances of that happening at the moment. Okay, uh, the PGA Tour didn't have a tournament the week before. Uh, they took their little break in the middle of the FedEx Cup. And uh, what way will we do this? Let's continue on the European tour, and then we're going to get to the two big events of the week: the Salhan Cup and the BMW Championship. So, the seventy-second Open d'Italia took place in Golf Club Milano in Italy last week, and they went ballistic on the scoring. These guys did; they were just killing it. There were seven guys who finished one shot outside the playoff. Um, they were tied on 18 under and the playoff went to be, went on between Rickard Karlberg and Martin Keimer. And Keimer apparently was, I didn't see this now. I was uh, unfortunately stuck in work. But Karlberg and Keimer, Keimer apparently was like, one moment he had the tournament in his hands, the next he was thrown away and, and it just went on and on and on. They, the tournament finished on the second playoff hole. Karlberg, um, played a fantastic approach shot. Did see a few little highlights from the road. It was ridiculous. The shot. Yeah, yeah, really. How really, we managed really, to get that to stop? Keimer's into like what 12, 15 foot maybe. Yeah, All right, a really, really good pressure shot. You know, Alan Carlberg just and keeps it below the hole as well. Yeah, well, that was the most. Like how he did that? Yeah, yeah I don't know. From hundred what hundred and forty yards, hundred and fifty yeah. yards. He just went for it. You gotta love it. You gotta love it. Hey, uh, like the Japanese. Like the Japanese. Just a week of going for it and paying off. And I think the greatest thing about those situations when you go for it is that you've no regrets because you went for it. You don't have that what if in your head. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So um, that's very good. Uh, so Carlberg picks up his, I believe it's his first European Tour win. Yeah, two hundred and fifty grand. Yeah, cha-ching. You know, Ryder Cup points. Ryder Cup, and he'll be wandering on into the final series in you know the race to Dubai, trying to pick up some big money and maybe another win, capitalise on some late season form. Yeah, big time. The only problem he has there is that all the other big bo- big boys come back from America. They really are. They uh, like Rory's coming back after the. The big, big names, Sergio Garcia, Matt Fitzpatrick, it was... Somebody called Stenson. 
Yeah, as a St. Matthew Fitzpatrick's attempt was in the KLM Open in the second round. Yeah, Friday. Yeah. yeah. So, uh, some guy called Stenson, yeah, apparently he's alright at the game of golf. We have a joker. Not doing the best on trying to win tournaments at the moment, but in fairness, he's coming up against probably one of the hottest streaks we've seen. Um, well, okay, <laughs> yeah, I was going to make a grand sweeping statement. It's the hottest streak on tour since Jordan Speed's hot streak earlier. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, well, since you left the Speed era. Which is the day era. Yeah, yeah, and then somebody's going to have an Eon or. Yeah, you know, yeah. Then well, we go back to the McElroy. And also just to let you know that Henry Stenson got beaten by Ricky Fowler, who was also going through the Fowler streak. Yeah. The Fowler era. <laughs> you know? Yeah, yeah. The, so when Stenson had the little shootout with Fowler, it wasn't even Day. That was one of the competitions that Day didn't uh, make it into the last couple. Yeah, he was just bored or something. He was bored. Yeah, or taking a time out. I think he didn't play his driver all week. He's <laughs> pitching wedge off the tee. That might actually level up the playing field yeah, against him at the stage, moment. Yeah. The distance he's hitting. I think Spieth was saying that it was it was just mind-boggling what his driver was doing. Like, yeah. It, it's... Anyway, we're on the Italian Open. We, we are on the Italian tournament. Open, yeah. There's so many tournaments to catch up on. But Carver played great, fair play to him. Lovely to see someone. It's a great opportunity for these guys to come through the ranks because a lot of the bigger guys are away in the FedEx. Yeah, and he's been playing very well the last few weeks. Yeah. The last four or five weeks, he's been he's been his name is floating, mentioned floating around quite a bit. Yeah, once your name is mentioned a few times, then you're there thereabouts. You yeah, know, yeah, your consistency. Yeah, Rob Lee swooning about you a bit, so you know you're, you know you're doing something right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, which do we talk about next? Well, let's let's, move, the BMW, let's right? move on to BMW and then talk about the big controversy of the week after that. Uh, oh, finish with the song. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I think so. So, well, yeah. While we're talking about Day, it makes sense. He he's just playing a different a different game at the moment. He's won four of his last six starts. Um, you know, you look, you keep looking up stats here and there about what he's doing. He's on one of the top ten um, putting streaks of of stats history that they have. He's averaging like 1.6 strokes per round better than the field on putting. Now that like, you don't always pair that with good tee to green golf. You know, you, sometimes those putting things happen because you're not making an awful lot of greens in regulation. Yeah, but Jason's, you know, he's doing it his way. He's one of the top, if not the top guy in the last four or five events that he's played on um, strokes gained tee to green as well. So he's just combining for a silly amount of strokes gained over the field in all aspects of his game. It's it's magical to watch. The one thing I will say that I found uh, amusing was the... Okay, so he went out and he shot a 61 on, on the Thursday. Ridiculous, right? With a bogey. With a bogey, mm-hmm. right? He shot a 63 then on the on the Friday with a bogey. Mm-hmm. So 18 under after finishing the first two rounds, okay? Leading the course, by, or leading the competition by five, maybe six shots. I can't remember exactly. So then he goes out on the Saturday. And what I found very amusing was when he was interviewed afterwards by... Uh, it may have been Rob Lee, it may have been uh, Bruce Critchley, I'm not 100% sure. Yeah, um, one of the guys in the sky cart. Yeah, 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 and they were asking him, they were like, you know, did they go through the round by round, and they're like, what happened to you today? Mm-hmm. Because Saturday he was he actually was putting balls out of bounds, right, with his drives, and he turned around and he said, he said the wind had changed. Mm-hmm. Now, as far as I'm concerned, someone who goes out and shoots 10 under, and then goes out and shoots 8 under... Mm. What wind? Much, what wind? Mm. The other kind of way. But funnily enough, and this just goes to show for you know amateurs as well as professionals, the wind has a massive effect. Because yeah. he went out and he birdied the 18th hole for a 69. And that was a massive birdie because that put him to 20 under, which pushed him. It would have been five shots, as I believe, mm. which, which is 
A big, big thing. He was only 19 under. 19 and 20 are completely different. Yeah, it's a psychological barrier. And, he, and the birdie put on 18 was from like 40 foot. And did you get the feeling that he was talking about that wind changing as it kind of changed his comfort zone and how he felt about the first two days versus a Saturday? Or was no, that the impression no, he was giving? Or he just saying it was just a different course? It was a different course. He was literally saying that on the Friday, the, or the Thursday and the Friday, a lot of the golf holes that he was standing up on the tee were drivable. Yeah, okay. So there was all these 313-yard par 4s. The par 5s were... Where he's using his two irons to reach. Well, yeah, whatever. You know, <laughs> himself and Dustin Johnson, you know, taking out seven irons. Mm. But there was the par 5s were always reachable in two with a drive and an iron. Mm-hmm. Whereas on the Saturday thing, things changed. So rather than being this, the, the easterly wind that they had, or the southerly wind that they had, it changed to an easterly wind. Yeah. Which meant that it was whatever way it was affecting his draw shot, it meant he was... He was setting up incorrectly and then pulling everything because he was trying to play the draw into the wind. So yeah, he was trying okay. to hold the draw up against the wind and just couldn't. Which is a tough, tough shot. Well, listen, listen, the fact of the matter is that it's, when you're that good, it's just a case of setting up and hitting the draw. You know, mm. just hitting the shot rather than thinking about it too much. So it just goes to show that these little things get into the pros' minds as well. Yeah. You know, like you talk about another person like McElroy went out on the Saturday and shot... I don't know what he shot at 65, or 67, you know, four under. Now I know he didn't, he finished okay, but he went out, sat, Friday he shot at 66, Saturday he shot at 67. Mm-hmm. So for someone like him, when he's on his game, it doesn't really matter about the wind. Yeah, I mean, the only thing you gotta, I, I, I would kind of give Jason Day a pass on is that he's got that big lead. He doesn't need to take unnecessary risks. You know, he just needs to play solid golf. Even if he's giving himself 20, 30 footers for birdies, you know, he's not attacking pins. He's going to make one or two of those in a round to give himself a couple of birdies. And if he knocks in, as he did, a couple of two under rounds to finish off the weekend, it's going to take something outrageous from the chasing pack to catch him. No one was coming after him. And the thing is, when, yeah, you see it week in, week out on tour. When the lads are chasing the commentators, and these are all guys who used to play professional golf, so they know what it's like. They said, the guys who are chasing have to take risks. And when you take risks, you can make mistakes and that can cost you catching up that person. You need really good variance to go in your in your favour when you are chasing and taking risks like I'm that. Sure you saw it on Sunday. Like, for example, Spieth came out of the traps and all of a sudden got to 15 under or something and then within the space of two holes, back to 11. Yeah, because he's chasing. Chasing, taking risks. Now, also, Jason Jordan Spieth is not playing as well as he was. Or, the other question you have to ask yourself is, has Day... Set a new target. A new high. So Jordan Speed is playing as well as he was. Okay, bar, take away the two missed cuts or whatever. Mm. But he was, he is playing as well as he was. Oh, no, he's not. Because his putting is he's not the same. No. Um, yeah. Uh, listen, I'm sorry. I, I was ta- I'm talking tripe. I don't know what I'm talking about. You nearly saved it. You nearly did. I nearly, yeah. no, but he's not. <laughs> I was trying to give him the, I was trying to not be harsh, you know. He's just, Day's on an unbelievable streak and I think it's magnifying what the other guys aren't doing at the moment. Or it's just making them look a little bit worse than they might actually be playing. Yeah. Well, we're like, for example, you look at the top three in the world at the moment, and as we know, it's changed. So we know now that Jason Day is now number one. Exactly. Roy yeah. McElroy is number two, mm-hmm. and Jordan Spieth is number three. Now, on reflection and looking at, let's say, the last competition, the last two competitions, that is fair. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think George, George, uh, Jason Day is, uh, I'd say he's a good... If you were to talk about it in handicaps wise, Jordan Spieth is a scratch golfer. Let's just say, for okay, example, yeah, right? just for yeah, just for, for shit and humor you, right? yeah. So Jason Day is a scratch golfer at the moment. Roy McIlroy is playing off about 
I'm going to say two. Mm-hmm. And I think Jordan Speed's playing off four. Okay. Just where they're at the moment. Just where they're at the moment. The last three, four and I'm weeks. Saying, I'm say, I'm, what I'm saying about Scratch is Scratch, as far as this conversation is concerned, is perfection. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> okay. okay. Just yeah. so I'm not like belittling anyone. Like, yeah, lots of asterisks. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, yeah. Scra- so well, Scratch yeah, is it. perfection. So Scratch is as good as you can get. Mm-hmm. Two is almost perfect. Yeah, there's no, plus, there's no plus handicaps here. There's in this no game. plus handicaps, yeah. right? You don't want to confuse people. So McElroy is almost perfect. His putting is just a little bit off at the moment. They're even saying that it's the short puts that are getting him at the moment. Anything outside 10, 12, 15, 40 seems to be able to get, no problem. Mm. But when you put him into... So the closer proximity he has to the hole, the least chance he has of, of getting a birdie. Uh, because he was knocking the ball in close. Speed just doesn't look great at the moment. He had a good few little bursts there on the Friday or the Thursday where he went like... A hole in one birdie birdie to get four shots up. Mm. He has moments of brilliance, but the steadiness is not there. It's a little he, bit inconsistent at the time. A lot of bogus and stuff. I think. But for example, I, McElroy only had two bogus. I think over the whole competition. I think. I think. Speed. You'd ask him. He'd rather have that little bit of inconsistency because all he needs to do is tip that in the balance of okay, I'm being a bit more streaky both ways. But if I can tip that towards a streaky good, boom! All of a sudden, he's coming. He's coming close to a win. I find it very annoying at the moment. Uh, it's almost like how. talking like you know oh get there get there just fly a little fly a little oh Jordan <laughs> it's really becoming frustrating it's like he's an petulant child on a golf course I, I did say a couple I had a couple of be goods there on the weekend because oh, the rare the rare occasions you know you're actually hitting the ball at, you know on the line of your intended target you know or, you know, so it's going towards a pin, you're like, yes, and you're like, be good, be yeah, the right club. Be you know? somebody. Yeah, be somebody. <laughs> I really should remember that one. That yeah, was the yeah, best yeah. one of the year. Um, well, yeah, you do, because you do, you're just, you know, you do talk to your boy, you get down, you know, you do, you get emotionally involved. But of course, it's, it's like people, like, I But he's just I'll, doing too much. I just, I just think that he's doing it too much, because yeah. it's every shot, and, you know, at the beginning it was quite interesting, it was quite fun, you know, because you're kind of going, haha, Jordan Spieth, he's like, oh, ball, just go like, go like, Go like two inches, and thing is right beside the hole, and you're kind of going, what, a, what an absolute knob, right? And now he's doing it, and it's like, I don't know, I'm kind of waiting, you know, because he's playing quite bad the year. Every time he does it, you're kind of going, oh, he's actually hit a bad shot. And then you see the results, and you're it's like going, 12 foot. Yeah, you're kind of yeah. going, all right, now, come on. Mm. You know, now, to be fair, um, uh, Jason Day did it as well, playing in the, in the comp of the BMW, and it was quite amusing that he was behind a tree, uh, in one of the shots and he hit it he was like 165 yards or something he hit a 7 iron and he turned around and he went oh no ball get right get right oh no and I was going to going oh my god Like this is going to give the field a chance 8 foot <laughs> left of the flag and like the commentators turned around and went uh, he's that good at the moment that that's his big pull yeah, yeah exactly well, it's it's scary, isn't it? He's, People pin high. Yeah, I know. The level he's at at the moment is absolutely sensational. Yeah, it's yeah. wonderful to watch. And, you know, it, I just enjoy... I think enjoy it while it lasts because there will be a fall-off from it. There's no way this can be be continued. Like, yeah, yeah. You, well, you just don't... Like, everyone... There's no ebbs and Like, it can't last forever what he's on. It, if... I'd love, you know, I'd love to see him, you know, continue it for another couple of events because it's just, you know, it's such a rare thing to see. If eventually, you know, he goes on a little drop off and comes back up to that level again, great. I'll enjoy it again because it's absolutely magical to watch. Well, I think he's he's now looking at the President's Cup. I think is the last thing for him, isn't it? Probably, he have yeah. To Dubai. No, he doesn't. So he has the President's Cup and, and then a break. Done. Yeah, 
Like that's a, that's a lot of play for him this year, and he's been largely injury free, which I think has been really crucial for his success this year. He's got that run of tournaments played and played and played, whereas the last few years he seems to have just been on this kind of stuttering staccato kind of schedule. He'd play one or two, and then all of a sudden he'd get an injury, you know, and it would happen again. He'd never get that run of momentum and form that he's had a chance to do this year. And it's just brilliant to see that he's capitalising it. He's gone up a level. You can see in his mental game and everything. It's, it's great to watch. And I think the beauty of that is that the real, like, he is going to really bring up, like, he is raising the, you know, the game, I think, to a level that Spieth didn't. Like, remember McElroy was talking about it at a press conference where he turned around and said that, I raised the game to a certain level. With, with his driving. With his driving yeah, accuracy. Distance and accuracy. Distance, yeah. He was winning everything by miles, you know, he was mm-hmm. on his game, he was on his game, and he turned around and he said that if I'm the target for everyone else to read up to, that's great, because mm-hmm. it'll read everything up, it'll bring everyone up, right? Yeah. Then Jordan Speed went through it, and he brought it up to a certain level, but I think Dave, Jason Day has just gone up another level, because yeah. the one thing that was missing out of McElroy's game all the way through, he is a very streaky putter. Now, mm-hmm. when he's on his game, he's on his game, right? You know, he's getting putts from all over the place, but... Day, as you said, leads tee to green and leads strokes gained on the green. At the putting at the moment, yeah. That's, that's just no weakness. That's in the last five, six events, you know, so it is, it is a hot streak. We have to, we have to call it what it is. Oh, it is, is a like, hot streak. It's well, not, it's, it's a it's hot not streak the norm. Like. Oh yeah, it's a hot streak until it ends. <laughs> Absolutely, yeah. And who's to say he doesn't just carry it on this week, you know. He had that week long break, you know, to rest up after his, you know, the Deutsche Bank. Yeah. And that was after a long run of events, you know, and, and uh, you know, he seemed, to, you know, he ran through that tournament quite, you know, this one, the BMW, quite easy. Yeah. He might just keep going. I personally have to say now, and this may sound biased or, or not, but I personally think that McElroy is going to win the Tour Championship. I don't think he's going to win the FedEx Cup. All right, yeah, yeah. you think he's going to win the tournament? I though? think he's going to win the tournament, but I just can't see Jason Day finishing outside mm. the top five. Which, you know, as far as I'm concerned, he, then he wins the 10 million or yeah. whatever, the FedEx, because of points gained and all that kind of stuff. Yeah. Well, but I think that's McElroy what we're, yeah. Just, I think McElroy is just, he looks so close to being so good after his injury. He's getting there. He was second quickly. tee to green. You know, it was the short puts. Like, he played the best tee to green that I'd seen him play in a long, long time. Mm. He left himself puts. If he had been, if... I oh I don't I was, trying to, I was trying to make comparisons like you know I was trying yeah. to say that like even I could have got some of the puts but like there's no chance I would have got the puts because I'm I'm worse than him at putting but like you know if he because there was ten footers you know these yeah. are puts that they expect to make yeah they're going to be making about forty forty five percent he wasn't making any of them yeah. you know there was a stage there on Saturday where uh, I thought to myself he had unbelievable chances on ten eleven twelve. Pired, or pired them all. Mm. And I went, that's his chance over. But I just think that once he gets his pudding stroke in, boom. Yeah, he, he'll get there. Um, Although you seem to like Stenson. Because well, he's won there already. Well, Stenson's won there already and you know, he does, he, he, ha- he tends to kind of get going this time of year, yeah. you know, coming into this time in the FedEx Cup and in the race to Dubai the last few, se- two or three seasons. So, um, and he's a previous winner at East Lake, so he's gone in there with that good kind of vibe in his head. Um, 
I hope Anthony Ugoni, um, he was on to us on Twitter. He's from Australia, long time listener of the show. I hope that is enough waxing lyrical about Jason Day to satisfy you. Oh, um, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, oh, we do love him. It, I think he's yeah. great. It, he is, he is. And it was inevitable we were going to ha- talk about him because of what he's been doing the last few weeks. But we've always been talking, like, you know, even when he, you know, he's always been. When he was the bridesmaid in so many majors, yeah. yeah. We know. always wanted him to get there. Now the problem is we want him to stop. <laughs> Just because we want Michael, well, I want Michael Rudd to get back to number one in the world. Speaking for yourself, well, yeah, like, yeah, I, yeah. Uh, I just want to see good golf, and um, secondary to that, I want to see good golf uh, cashing bets in for me, which would be great. So, um, look, the European Tour and Web.com Tour quali- um, you know, qualifying series are going on. The Web.com Tour finals are on at the moment. The European Tour qualifying are on. Um, just kind of too much for us to take in this week with the catch up we have. So we'll we'll um, we'll get on top of those when they're kind of finalised and announce who's going to be jo- you know the new fresh faces on tour and maybe some veterans who are getting back onto tour yeah. as a result of those. Okay, um, the Salham Cup. Um, where first do, and foremost, where do we be- you go? First and where foremost, do we begin? Wow, as a spectacle, wow, as watching 24 of the best female golfers in the world playing against well let's just go in Europe and oh Europe and America sorry of course you take away the obviously the best in the world are obviously over in Asia and if not Asia New Zealand because they've moved from (laughs) from Asia to New Zealand Um, right well watching the top 24 from Europe and America battling it out as a spectacle amazing yeah the way it was won amazing they're going to come up with a name for this Oh, this would be like the Miracle of Dinah. I know, this is something at St. Leon Rot in Germany. So yeah, I don't, I don't, I don't know, know the same name. I don't know what kind of pronoun- uh, rhymes with rotten that. Eggs, yeah, yeah. Rotten eggs, they say Rotten Leon. It's somebody a little bit more um, wordy than us will come up with something, I'm sure. It, what a comeback. Like, 10-6 down, this is this is the, the parallel to the Miracle of Medina. Yeah. You know? Um, there, there were, okay, I mean, look... The, the elephant in the room is here. There's no point in us not talking about it. The catalyst for that and that gave the motivation to the US team. I'm convinced, 100. percent There's no other. There's no other thing that ha- you know happened other than Suzanne Pedersen that incident about not giving the putt. That's a motivator like no other for a team. And of any team, like if if the if the roles are reversed. And that happened Europe to USA. I don't think the Europeans get as motivated as the US do by that. The the Americans seem to love that kind of, oh, oh, you've done that to us. We're definitely getting you back. But they're able to pull it off. They're able to, whatever, use that kind of motivation. Well, because they're a country. Yeah, maybe. Yeah, yeah. That could be. It makes them feel like they've been hard done by as a country. Now, please don't get me wrong, listeners here. No, we're just not having a go at America on it here. But there's a difference between being European and being American. We're just trying to figure out the psychology, which I think, and that's why I think it's that way. Maybe that is exactly on the head, the country factor. Yeah, but also, like you know, a a woman scorned. You know, pardon the thing, and I'm not bringing this in, but like you're talking about. 12 women have just been like, <laughs> you've just literally yeah. sent an army of 12 women after you who want to kill you. Yeah, you know, for, what, yeah for what you did. So what you did, now, now, let's just break it down for a second. Mm-hmm. What was done was completely within the rules. Absolutely. Now, let's break it down a little bit farther. I was told, and I'm only saying told, I'm st- I, 
I, I can't back this up with fact, but what I was told on Sunday when or Saturday, Sunday morning when this was all happening mm. was that the reason why Suzanne Pedersen was going so uh, or pr- protesting so much mm-hmm. about not doing anything about this and that it was definitely a penalty was that supposedly, I'm being very, very careful about the words I use here, right? Supposedly, she warned the same girl twice the mm-hmm. previous day about early scoops. About early scoops of the ball. Yeah. On puts I were very quote given, yeah. yes. I heard about that as well. Okay. So she was trying to teach her a lesson. She was trying to teach her but like it doesn't even matter about teaching her a lesson. The fact of the matter is that there can be gamesmanship in mm. matches. There can be bustling. Okay. Mm. So let's just take away the fact the situation that occurred for those of you who didn't see it, right? That on the seventeenth green on Sunday morning It's all square. It's all square in the match, yeah. And the Americans have a putt to win the hole, okay. Mm-hmm. It's from about you won Salas, I think it was. Uh, okay, yeah, and Lee and Alison Lee. Is that Salas and Alison Lee? Yeah, yeah. So the putt was about twelve to fourteen foot. She misses the putt and it goes about a foot and a half to two foot past mm-hmm. the hole. Yeah, about that. It was a gimme, wasn't it? Eight, it was an 18 incher I heard yeah right? okay an 18 incher yeah. That's, that can be considered a gimme or not depending on we don't know the break of the green we don't know anything it's mm. a match on the 17th hole you never you never you know mm-hmm. you're never given a putt until you're given a putt so anyway mm-hmm. let's just say what happened in that situation is that Suzanne Patterson was standing away from the green towards the tee box the 18 tee box Charlie Hull and her caddy and whatnot were standing um, behind where your one had taken the putt Mm-hmm. Now, when your one missed the putt, Charlie Hull and her little cohort, or caddy and whatnot, started walking towards the 18th tee. Turned, yeah. Turned and started walking away from the green. Mm-hmm. And your one just casually walked over and scooped up the ball with her putter. But Suzanne Pedersen hadn't moved from her spot, mm-hmm. standing beside the green. Then your one realised what she had done. Or the person she was playing with realised what she had done. Mm. And then there was that awkward standoff where they were going, oh no, what have we just done here? Yeah. They didn't give us that put. It was like your one looked and was like going, shit. I hope they didn't see that. Yes. Yeah. It's kind of like, although oh, the whole world is watching. The whole yeah. golfing world is watching and you're going, no. Yeah. Now, the one thing I will say is that what really annoyed me is that... Um, what was done, we are people, we are golfers, we follow rules, we love rules, we, you know, it's an honourable thing if you realise you've broken the rule and cause a, call a penalty on yourself. Oh, yeah, yeah. It's, it's an honour game, right? Mm-hmm. So, what she did was wrong. She wasn't given the push. I understand the sportsmanship and whatnot, mm-hmm. but she's got to take that on the head and go, I made a mistake, I've been doing it all week, mm-hmm. I got caught up on this, it's now the money part of the game, Right? Now, on the other side of it, you won that Stacey Lewis girl, right? The Americans were having a big huddle, right? Yeah. Uh, after that match was finished, because obviously in every America, or Europe went on and won the match on the 18th. Yeah, they went one up to the 18th. Yeah, and then they won the 18th, so it was, the match was over. Everyone was crying. Everyone was crying. Like, you know, the mm. kind of you know, you won Charlie Hull was in bits. Uh, the American girl was in bits. The only person who wasn't was uh, Mr. Peterson. Uh, <laughs> oh, careful. Uh, I'm joking, I'm joking. But one thing that did annoy me was Stacey Lewis in the middle of the huddle turned around to you once, or Salas? Is that Salas, yeah. Salas, and said, It's not your fault. You did nothing wrong. It's not your fault. You did nothing wrong. Mm. Now, that was televised. 
So what she's pretty much saying to every young person that's watching TV, that's a player, that's a golfer, is that that girl did nothing wrong and that the Europeans did everything wrong. When in fact, she broke the rules mm. and she was called up on it. So therefore, I just think, I was disgusted by that. Now, the fact that they there was a lot of sportsmanship and whatnot, they did take the motivation with them into the, sen- the Sunday. Oh, yeah. And they did it and they won it well and I have no problems with that. The problem is that from what they were making it out was that it was all Europe. All Europe, oh, Europe were wrong. Now look, there's, okay, there's a couple of things in the in the whole scenario that would lead her to have done like Charlie Hall turning away. That kind of equates to a a, a body movement that would indicate the putt's been given. Now we all know it has to be verbally said. The putt has been given, or you're good, or take it away, or something to that effect to say I've verbally said it to you. You know. But the fact that she's turned away, you know, in the heat of the battle, uh, Alison Lee probably went, oh yeah, that's been given, grand scooped. Well, let me just turn this on, turn it on its head there for a second, because I'm just after thinking about something. This isn't, just when you say that, this isn't Breaking news, folks, new theory. No, no, it's not a new theory. Well, yes, potentially, yeah. right? Is that if you were to look at where uh, Charlie Hull was, mm-hmm. when the first puff was being taken, right? She was standing kind of behind your one Salas, mm-hmm. right? So then when the first putt was taken now, there's two ways to look at this. First and foremost, she assumed that the putt was given and walked, started walking away to the 18th tee. But if you had a scene where the ball finished, yeah, she would have been standing in the line of the putt. Okay. Yeah, so she moved. She could have possibly moved to get to, out to of the moving, line of the yeah. putt, to be polite. The other thing is who, historically throughout the match, who'd been giving the putts for no, Europe? I have no idea. You've got to figure it's the senior partner of that too, it's which would be Pedersen the whole time. So... So then Charlie Hull turning would have no real indication on who was giving the putt or on, on whether the putt was given or not, other than maybe Lee would assume Charlie Hull heard that it was given and that's why she's turned and moved towards the next tee box. Yeah. It's still look, it's still a huge monumental error by Alison Lee. You, you know, she went to scoop the putt when she didn't hear the putt has been given. Oh yeah, no, it was, it was, and like you're not talking about your, as as they said, you're not talking about your Sunday afternoon, mm. you know, match play match down at the club. I I still think I think that there didn't need to be. A, 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 probably, it's probably Suzanne Pedersen to build up of the thing like the lead did. You know, did a couple of early scoops throughout the weekend. Pedersen's trying to teach her a lesson for that, and it is match play. You're doing everything to win. There's a little bit of gamesmanship in there and psychology, and you're trying to get one up in your, you know, a, a mental advantage in your opponents. I think even if they had the two captains had agreed that that putt retroactively had been given, or if you can do that, you can't. You can't. It was brought out that you can't do it. It's such, it's such a mess. They probably should have just agreed to, to concede the 18th once, hole then to half the match. See, once the next tee shot is taken, yeah. Once the next tee shot is taken, the hole is finished. Over. Yeah. So anyway, they didn't it, start talking about this until the 18th hole. The match was finished and done, yeah. shaking hands and the whole lot. They really, they really should have agreed to half the match, you know, because because Why, the, the psychology, the, the psychological blow was dealt anyway by Pedersen that she she got she got the other girl on edge and tilted. You know, she got her tilted by what she did. You don't need to win the point as well as that. You know, it's just like twisting well, the dagger an extra time. It worked so, it worked in so many ways but against But it backfired. You. Yeah, it backfired so spectacularly. None more so than poor Charlie Hull. Mm. Charlie Hull was devastated. Now, she went out and played her match on the Sunday. A fair play to her. She was being absolutely annihilated. But not because she was, like, in any way messed up over her match. The, the person she was playing, I can't remember who it was, had eight birdies in a row. That's what happens when you give someone the supposedly slight somebody, you know. Yeah. Or but what I can, what I, the one thing I'm in, I'm frustrated about, and I know this happens a lot, 
And I would, if it had been me in that situation, if someone turned around to me and said, use this as your motivation, I probably would. But like looking at it from a kind of an outsider, yes, I'm European, but like mm-hmm. I've no real connection to it, you know, apart from the fact that I, I love golf, you know. That's and, and to support one of those two teams, you're obviously going to support, support Europe because you really live in Europe. At the same you don't time, have that national pride. At the same time, I'm kind of going, I like to think that the rules are there for a reason. Mm. And like the only other way you can do something like that so as to take away from everything is don't let puts be given. Yeah, when yeah. it gets to this level, I read an article about that. Actually, that that's the, that removes any of that. But I, I like the psychology of the puts me yeah, given a match. Or play don't give a put because because well, if, you can if use it's it. A psych- well, there you go. You're just after answering the question. Yeah, it's a psychological thing. So you're saying you like the whole fact of being given, not given, or give puts or don't give. Well, that is exactly what that's happens. part of match play. It's part of match yeah. play. It's part of the Ryder Cup. It's part of everything that you use to grow up as a person, as a child, all the way through male, female. All the way through your, you know, in Ireland, the, you know, the GUI events, all that kind of stuff. You go through all of that, and the peak of that is to get to the Salhine Cup or the Ryder Cup. Mm-hmm. So I just don't understand why everyone picked up the ball. She made, made a mental error in the heat of the moment. Of course. You know? But then she made the error in yeah. the heat of the moment. But each side always has their own version of events on how it... And but there's only one version of events. She wasn't given the push. Well, obviously not, because that lit a fire in the Americans that they channeled so unbelievably oh, and, effectively. And I have most they of her won eight, eight out of the twelve... Eight out of the twelve matches. On eight the, and a half, so, three and a half. Yes, yeah, so they won eight and a half. One of the others, yeah. they won. You know, they won the Salham Cup fourteen and a half to thirteen and a half. But they had won, like they had won it really once. You won um, Pillar, no, Jarena Pillar. Is he American or European? <laughs> Was she really hot? Will? Oh no, she actually wasn't. Well. Okay. There was anyway, one girl anyway, the situation. There was yeah. one girl who had a put on the eighteenth to half her match to retain the cup. Yeah. They were thirteen and a half, nine and a half at that stage, and she had a put to half her match to birdie the eighteenth mm. and she missed the put. And then you one got the power put to, to win her match to go third. But then every other match, um although Suzanne Pedersen speak of the devil, you know, uh, she did get all she got back to all square with after sixteen. And then lost 17 and 18, mm. you know, to lose her match. But, like, you know, apart from that, every other match was was dead and buried. Yeah. But tell you who played phenomenal over the whole three days was uh, Norquist. She's a super player. Oh, my Lord God. Yeah. She made Hedlum. You know Hedlum? Her partner? Hedlum, yeah. Hedlum. Ugh. Yeah. Sorry, apologies. She made her look good. On the first two days, because they were playing four ball and four some. Oh yeah, and, and and one player was playing. Well, Headbums came in with very poor form, and yeah. they, they were saying that the Nordqvist is carrying her, and yeah, she yeah. was big time. And then all of a sudden, Head Headbum went out and played her singles match and got pretty much hockeyed by uh, yeah Michelle Wee. I think she was playing six and six and four. There's yeah, there's somebody who really channeled that kind of fury yeah. and anger, and yeah. Anyway, look. As is no, no answer answer to I think I think I think it just you know Pedersen Pedersen was real adamant about it and I think that was probably why it really got it turned into such a big volcanic situation. She was like, no, I didn't give the you know, I'm re-, and she really went hard at it, and she was not remorseful about it at all on Sunday. Yesterday she was a little bit more so through her Instagram account. Um, oh really? Which she said, yeah. Oh okay, yeah. What about any of this now? I'll read it. Um, I've never felt more gutted and truly sad about what went down on Sunday on the 17th of the Salheim Cup. 
I'm so sorry for not thinking about the bigger picture in the heat of the battle and competition. I was trying my hardest for my team and put the single match and the points that could be earned ahead of sportsmanship and the game of golf itself. I feel like I let my team down and I'm sorry. So she, I think she really, like, I think on the whole we have to admit it, it didn't end up in, a, in the right way. Forget the results of the tournament. It left a kind of a sour taste, you know. I don't think it ended up being resolved right. I think the match should have been halved on a case of sportsmanship, and it was the right thing to do. That's my opinion on it. Will's just not agreeing here at all. Like <laughs> he doesn't like it whatsoever. Anyway, that was not Pat Pedersen's words. Those are mine there. No, no, yeah, I'm, yeah, yeah. like I literally, I'm, I've said what I wanted to say. Mm. The fact of the matter is that it do, like all I'm worried about is the fact that you know you're talking about. Like, what do you want to teach kids? Do you want to teach kids the rules of the game, or do you want to teach them sportsmanship? Because if it's sportsmanship, you don't beat anyone because you'd be fair. All yeah, the but I look. You can learn the rules of the game whenever, but the opportunities to learn proper sportsmanship aren't very. They don't come along all the time, and that's a huge one there. And I think the spirit of the game kind of overrides everything else. In this situation, I think that match should have been called a half, and then it's just it's done, it's settled, and both sides come out happy. In the other situation, the Americans come out with furious focus, channeled anger, and the Europeans feel terrible about it. Even though they didn't do really anything wrong. They did nothing wrong. I know, but this is the th- thing. This is America why. went out to kill Europe. Yeah. Like it was a bloody world war. Absolutely. So no, the sportsmanship had gone because, out of the yeah, game. Because, Not because, because, it did, because it didn't come to a resolution that appeased both sides. But the fact of the matter is that it came across, and now we could argue about this. Oh, discuss so it. Much, yeah. Excuse me. Because it's so it. well, Because the fact of the matter is, in my heart of hearts, yes, it could have been handled better. But what I'm really disappointed about is the fact that the Americans didn't take it on the chin that your one had done something wrong. Mm-hmm. But your they one literally said on TV, "You did nothing wrong." You did nothing wrong. But she did. This is like two people breaking up. Like they both have their own version of events. No, but there's no two versions. This there is on, this is on TV. But everybody has their own. Perception. This is reality TV. I know, but everyone has their own perception. Like getting some jelly beans there. No more jelly beans. Getting very animated. Oh, <laughs> getting very sugar based. But everybody has their own perception of how things unfolded and affected them. And the Americans felt that they were hard done by and wronged. No, I, I, and if you were one of them, you probably feel, I felt the same. Like, oh, it's really shitty. You know, it's it's you know you probably if the rules aren't you know are against you in that situation, she did break the rules. She picked up her putt, you know. But there's just something just doesn't feel right in, in me about it. The way it's the way it went, went you know, it happened and it was resolved. Which is fine. And you know, whatever's going to have their own opinion. Yeah, exactly. Everyone's entitled to opinion. But if it's a case that it does transpire, yeah, and I even respect what Peterson says there. But it's easy to say that after the fact. You know, that kind of way. Um, but on the other side of that is that if, in fact, Pearson did give your, give your one the benefit of the doubt on two different occasions, mm. that's like you playing a match or you playing for your club in, like, the final of the Jimmy Bruin or the Pierce Purcell or something like that, and you're playing against someone who you happen to know, respect, um, you know, you're not necessarily friends... But, like, they do something like that, and you kind of go, it's, it's fine. Just to let you know, you did, like, that put wasn't, like, for the sake of the match, it's, mm-hmm. I understand that it's given, right? So all of a sudden, then, you know, your match comes down to all square on the 17th, knowing that you've done, that this person has done this twice already. And you're kind of frustrated. You're kind of going, like, 
that could have been two holes that we could have been up. This match could have been over. Mm. And then they do it a third time. I understand how you can do these things in the heat of the moment. But it's not three times. True. No, I mean, I mean, Pedersen, how she stuck to her guns on it. Oh, yeah. I can understand how she did in the heat of the moment with the frustration built up over the weekend of it happening a couple of times before, you know. Kind of the almost, is that given, you know, when the putter's hovering over the ball to scoop it? You're like, mm, is it there, you know? So, I understand what, um, Look, I mean, like you said, we could debate this for, you know, back and forth. There are a lot of different angles and there's, there's, oh, from both sides as well. Ultimately, I think it was, uh. Oh, ultimately, I'll turn around to say, I thought it was a, ma- a magnificent spectacle. Yeah, brilliant, brilliant to watch. Oh, it was like yeah. watching, like, a, a, a big war. brother. Yeah, like a, a full on battle. A full like. on battle. You know, it was like, what do they call that other one? War on, see, the, the, the Miracle of Medina wasn't as, you know, as bad, you know, that kind of way, because they went 10-6 down. There was no incident. It was like the whole Seve thing, you know, what happened to Poulter, happened to Birdie the last five holes. It was just a miraculous thing. But mm. there was no bad blood. There was no incident. But that um, battle on the shore, or battle in some... Where was the... The war Bethlehem? on the shore. No, the war on the shore was a different one. When was the one that America were 10-6 uh, down in America? Oak. Was it Oak Hill? And you know the way when your man Justin Leonard... Oh, yeah, hold the putt. Hold the putt, and they right. all started cause going mad, running yeah. across the green and the whole lot, and Europeans complained and the whole lot, and it was just hilarious to hear all the comments coming out, but um, as they said, Lanny, what was your man's name, the captain at the time? Lanny Watkins or something? Anyway, it doesn't matter. You're killing it on names today, by I'm, the way. I'm really bad at Yeah, you're doing deadly. Who? You're remembering names of everybody. <laughs> Am I getting them right or wrong, though? Sure, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> But like that's the, like that that was a big thing because there was a lot of con- controversy over that, you know. The miracle of Medina was fine, um, but this was this was this was sport as far as I can see at its worst and best. Yeah, it had uh, seeing people at their worst and at their best, and seeing what determination and raw want to win mm. will do to someone. I hate it. Like I think I hate it. You know. Use the motivation you have and channel it in such a such an effective way. Oh yeah, that's some talent to be able to do that. It's because anybody can get furious and angry and have like motivation, but to be able to channel that into an amazing performance—that's. That's well, I don't a, think there was that's any, a serious skill. The one thing I'll say is that if the Americans did channel uh, the frustration, which they obviously did, but it didn't seem there was no disrespect. There was no no. There was, there was no just, bad behavior. There was no USA's all this kind of stuff on the last day. It was just like. Let's go out and beat them. Yeah, it was just dog-minded determinedness. Don't do anything. Just go out and play golf to the best of your ability, to the best sportsmanship that you have. Mm. And, you know, you could see towards the end that there was smiles and, you know, as in, like, we know we've won it kind of thing, but let's keep this nice and professional. Yeah, it was was seriously impressive. Um, Very, very well. Very well done to them. And it's going to be... That one's going to be shown... For many a year, for sure. I wonder, will it do any damage, like on another side now, will it do any damage to the reputation of the Solheim Cup, or do you think it'll spark for next time? Oh, I think that's great for it. Yeah, because yeah, we did spark it a bit it was, more. There was time that, like, you know, people, you know, oh, I think after that happened, before the single started, it was a case that that is going to do irreparable damage. Mm. To no, no, I think that's Solheim great. Cup. I think it's great for it. I think it just, it really, if two teams coming at it next time, like, they'll both be looking to, Knock lumps out of each other. Yeah, 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 yeah. It was great. It was great watching. Uh, okay, we uh, that was some good talk. We actually, I remember this kind of oh, this talk of gamesmanship reminds me. We we did an episode on it early on in the podcast days. 
it was actually for anyone who wants to listen it was week 28 and that was with um, definitely with Alan and Bobby and possibly James as well at the time I mean and Alan and Bobby are both very good low single digit golfers and Alan's a big fan of gamesmanship so he had some really interesting thoughts on it I really was it like in, in on, on things you can do like we talked about stuff that like Seve used to do in gamesmanship and you know like match play and stuff like that things yeah all of that you know the good stuff the bad stuff the stuff we deemed acceptable the stuff was on the line I just I always remember that as one of my favourite episodes because it was such an interesting topic to talk okay, about yeah. we had a great little chat um, so it was week 28 that was of the show um, I'm actually going to listen to that myself yeah okay good I'll, I'll, uh, I'll send you sorry I mean I've already listened to it obviously yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> we, we, we may well listen to every, every episode, episode before you <laughs> The yeah. show. Um, okay, look, let's let's move on. I know we, that was a good old chat, but we do have to wrap up the show. We can go. We can go for a little while. The European Tour, the LPGA Tour, are taking a break. Probably the only is going on holiday and calm down for a couple yeah, of weeks. Yeah. Everybody and uh, the Americans need to celebrate. Uh, well, uh, a very well uh, one victory. Do, do actually, this is another quick question for you. Like, obviously, the you know we've got like the the Presidents Cup. It always yeah. seems to be, you know, pardon me, I know that you've got the European, or the Seve Trophy, mm-hmm. where the men, and then you've got the President's Cup, and then you've got the Ryder Cup, right? Mm-hmm. But you notice there's always a link. It always seems to be America against everyone else, and America against everyone else. Do they have anything, in, this is part of my ignorance now, but obviously the way it's looking at the moment is that the, let's say, Asian golfers in the, in the LPGA are taking over. Okay. Or, or have done oh, for the last couple yeah. of years. They've always been there, thereabouts. Right? Yeah. They seem to have a... a a group of prodi- uh, prodigious mm-hmm. golfers there. Is there any competition where it's like Asia against the rest of the world or Asia against America or is that something that's... In know, the female game? Yeah, is I it there? I don't know. There, there's definite scope for it wow. because of the strength they have out in Asia oh, yeah. for golf. That'd be cool, wouldn't it? Asia versus Europe and America. Yeah. Imagine putting the Europeans and Americans together and in every combination of foursomes and four balls you have to have one American and one European. Yeah, that would be Could you imagine that straight away after... Yeah, next after week. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> anyway, sorry, let's just move the thoughts. Yeah, okay, back back to Europe. The European Open is making a return to the European Tour, which is uh, pretty cool. This is one we used to have here on our own doorstep for yeah. many years between... Um, 1995 and it was held for 13 years here in Ireland at the K Club 12 of those times were on the, the Palmer course the Ryder yeah. Cup course and um, the event was played from 1978 until 2009 in the UK and Ireland uh, thanks to Porsche who are getting involved in golf sponsorship in a major way for the first time um, they now have the Porsche European Open which is taking place in Germany so Germany's got a bit of golf here at, at this time of year you know the Salheim Cup and this in the golf resort Bad Greisbach uh, in Germany this is on the Beckenbauer course, one of six six courses in the resort. And uh, somebody, you know, Bernard Langer has a little bit, I think he's playing this week, I hope he is now, now that I'm about to make this point. He co-designed the course back in, um, I don't think he is playing. <laughs> My quick search of, oh no, he is playing there, he's 125 to 1. So he co-designed the course back in 2002, so he does have a small little advantage over the rest of the field. Uh, as does anybody who was playing on the Challenge Tour over the last three years, because this course has hosted an event um, on the Challenge Tour for the past three years. So, a bit of a stronger strength field this week. It's quite deep, actually, as far as a regular season European Tour event goes. The betting is led by Schwarzel and Wiesberger at 14-1. to 1. Hunter Mahan makes a trip across from America because... He didn't make it. He didn't make it. First time. First time. First, The only person to have made every, every tour championship in the FedEx Cup. I was um, interested to find that out, I didn't. 
So he's he's made the trip across the pond to play. Uh, he's eighteen to one. Max Kiefer and Bjorn Hun Hun Ang and oh my god, I'm James. I get all over the place tonight. They're both twenty eight to one. Mark Warren's thirty to one. Zanotti, Donaldson, Lauten are thirty three to one. Howell, Cabrera, Bayo, McDowell, Broberg, and Soren Kelson are all forty to one, and the rest of the field are forty five to one and out. So you, as you can see, there's quite a decent strength in the field there. We'll give it a watch. It'll be interesting to to see how Porsche's first event goes on the tour. You know, it's another car manufacturer getting involved in golf sponsorship. They could end up, you know, getting more and more involved and, you know, building a, a really, this could be a really powerful event, it being the European Open. and could be quite a, an attractor to um, more Americans if it holds this slot in the calendar. Because there's only 30 guys going to play the Tour Championship yeah, of course, this in East So there are a lot of big name players who might get attracted over by a big purse in the yeah, coming yeah. years, you know, if, if it holds this slot in the calendar. So it's uh, it's very interesting, and uh, well done to the European Tour for getting it back on the schedule. The Tour Championship, as I said, is taking place this week. It's in Atlanta, Georgia, on Eastlake Golf Club. Uh course is a par 77,307 yards, and I think, as we all know by this stage, we've been watching any of the PGA Tour, any of the top five in the FedEx Cup rankings winning this event this week will win the FedEx Cup regardless of what anyone else in the field does so those five are Jason Day at number one Jordan Spieth at two Ricky Fowler at three Henrik Stenson at four and Bubba Watson at five any of those guys win this week they win the $10 million plus the prize for winning the event so I think it's 11.7 or 11.6 it's a nice chunk of change it's a nice chunk of change Um. After that, anybody outside the top five will need the people ahead of them and permutations to work in their favour. Just reading on Golf Channel here quickly as as we were doing the show, apparently Henrik Stenson can win the FedEx Cup without winning the, any event in the series. That's amazing, isn't it? Isn't it ridiculous? So um, he hasn't won anything in the whole FedEx. Not in the not in this the finals. No, okay. I don't think he's won this year. Actually, I mean, we see. Uh, I don't think he has either. No, he hasn't. He's has no wins this year. Seven top tens, and apparently he can win the FedEx Cup without winning this event. Uh, but that's you know, Scott. there's certain permutations involved. He can come, oh, stop, he can come yeah. second, but it means that Jason Day has to finish outside the top five. Uh, do, 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 something like that. Yeah, yeah it's it's just Rory McIlroy can. He's a ninth in the FedEx. He can win the competition, but he won't win the jackpot. Or the bonus. If they finish second or third or whatever. Any yeah. of the top five. Listen, get ready for a whole evening, or, or every evening of seeing like full yeah, pages yeah, yeah. of like. The different mathematical. Where matters. all the top five need to finish for X player to win if he wins. And well, if you're off. talking about like realistically 15 will be wiped out straight away from the very beginning after day one, depending on their rounds of golf. So the people who finish yeah. over par are gone, the people who finish under par then they're in and they could potentially do it. You'd be looking at the mats. Then all of a sudden, someone goes out and has a Super Friday. I'm they're so back in, and then people have a faltering Friday. Oh, it's going to be a there. I can't wait for it. I'm so yes. glad their computers working this age. Like, <laughs> oh, <laughs> just put it up yeah, in front yeah, of you. Yeah. It's very tricky. Anyway, the betting. Obviously, there is one man at the top of the betting, and he's a favourite. Um, Jason Day is seven to two. Um, those are the kind of odds, you know, that the superstars have been reaching when they're on their hot streaks of form this year and. Historically, when Tiger was doing it as well, yeah. this is in a thirty-man field. So, look, like you said earlier, can't, this could be a pretty good bet for in each way. If you're getting like one, two, three, four, maybe five places, 
um, as a couple of bookies are doing, I think. I know Paddy Power, who I'm looking you're at. Pretty here, much getting even money. Are doing, are yeah. You're, well, you're close enough, yeah, to getting even money on his finishing in the place position. Um, I don't like, if ever there was a situation where you're being told you're getting easy money. This could, this, this could, could be, be it, but as we all know, there are no guarantees, especially in golf betting, so. Oh, yeah, yeah. Uh, <laughs> I wouldn't be putting money on it for the win. Do your research, because folks. I think McElroy is going to win it. Yeah, do your research, folks, and then, uh, put a, I don't know, put a few euro down if it feels good. Yeah. And, uh, it does matter a bit money, more when there's money on it, and it's a bit more fun, it's satisfying when you win, but it's, uh, it's rare in golf, so. Yeah, the funny thing about that is, right, is that, you're talking about the top 30. None of these guys, but well, maybe some of them do, need the money. Like I know, for example, McElroy doesn't need the 10 million. He's already got. There are guys in his top 30 who would happily take that 10 million. That would be oh, a no, big no. difference oh, too. That's what I mean. Yeah. So there's some guys going out there with the, the carrot is the money. There's some guys going out there, the carrot is to beat Jason Day. There's some guys going out there, the carrot is to become number one in the world. I, I, I'd say there's probably 25 guys out there who'd be like, yeah, I'd love 10 million. It'd be a huge, it would be a big, big boost. I think Dustin Johnson, I think they were talking about Dustin Johnson during around the last day, and they pretty much said to him, they said, uh, he pretty much said, like, who wouldn't want 10 million? Absolutely. You know, so, it's huge. It's like, it's huge. you know, there's 30, they only have to beat 30 people. Yeah. Now I know there's permutations and whatnot for the, the for the bonus ten million, but mm. like you're talking about like you've a great chance. Thirty people. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. You were talking about having thirty man playoffs there a, a few weeks ago. Why not? <laughs> <laughs> uh, we're scoring each hole goes out and you just keep going. Yeah, yeah, so, yeah, yeah. Uh, Rory McIlroy is six to one. Jordan Spieth eight to one. Henrik Stenson nine to one. Ricky Fowler ten to one. Justin Rose eleven to one, Dustin Johnson sixteen to one. For somebody who was playing cracking golf only five six weeks ago, he's really drifted. Uh, Bubba Watson twenty to one. Both Dustin and Bubba had pretty decent weeks last week. You know, there's some scores in there. So in thirty man fields, getting, Bubba Watson though no, didn't have a great day, a great great competition until Sunday. He went around twenty nine shots for the first front nine. Yeah, that's good though. You know, just showing signs of life. No, but I often think you're showing signs of life. You're showing signs of the wrong sides of the tournament. At the Sunday, I think it's, I think it's much better showing a good round on the Sunday going into the next week than you would on the Thursday and then following it by three again, mediocre again, rounds. And there's two sides. <laughs> you're talking about your competition being over and you're going out to play for a few quid or a bit of fun. You finish on a high note. Oh no, yeah, there's that. You know, it's like Birdie in the 18th will get you back out. Oh yeah, yeah. Or actually, it, reality for me, if I hit one shot that's good in a round, I'm like that has me out the next. Yeah, day. yeah. I'm here for life. If, if I ever if I ever play a round where I don't have one shot that satisfied me, I think that might be the final round of golf. <laughs> yeah, play. yeah, yeah. So uh, hopefully that never happens. Zach Johnson's also. 20 to 1. Jim Furyk, the man with the swing that's worth 100 million, is 28 to 1. Matsuyama, 33 to 1, as is Matt Kuchar. Um, and you've like Oosthausen, Casey, Haas, and Patrick Reed are 40 to 1, and 50 to 1 and out the rest. So, I mean, look, there are guys in this field, a 30 man field, who are 175 to 1 to win the event. Who? Stephen Bowditch and Sang Moon Bay. Bowditch has had a pick for the President's Cup. Yeah, like the guy's yeah, got confidence. Yeah. He's a winner this year and he's 175 to 1 to win in a 30 man field. That's. Oh, but would you put your money on? Mm. Each way though. You never know. That's what I've been thinking about. Anyway, listen, we have definitely rambled on way too long. There was a lot to catch up on. So, sorry if we've kept you too long, folks. I hope you really enjoyed it. Um, I'm chewing more um, sweets here. Do you I've, know, the I've same actually, sugar buzz as Will is. I've actually been stopped from eating them. <laughs> I got two uh, 
too dramatic there when it came to the old Stalhan Cup. Mm. It was a good chat though, I really enjoyed that. Um, as always, our podcast Twitter is at PodcastGTS. If you guys have anything you want to shoot towards us, ideas or talking points to the show, we'd be happy to hear them. And email is a good talk spoil at gmail.com. I'm Barry O'Hanran, that was Will Griffith. Thanks a million for listening, folks. Uh, have a great weekend. If you're playing golf, kick some ass, make loads of birdies, and have fun. And we'll talk to you all next week. Bye-bye, <laughs> 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 Well, you're fine. Bye-bye.